Oh, what's up, you fucking freaks? Make you fucking doodle dandy. Yeah, dude. Uh, I'm glad to be here this week. Just a quick heads up. I know you're gonna hate this, but <laughs> no fucking ep- no podcast episode on YouTube this week. But we should have a uh, interview segment we did with Sangasugabog. <laughs> I still can't say it right. Sangasugabog. Sangasugabog. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, Bog. Yeah, dude. I what a hard to pronounce name, but uh, they corrected it for us on the interview. And uh, yeah, we did a spoof of Hot Ones, and we just took uh, called Shot Ones. And you've seen us do gross shots before, but we took it on to a fucking unsuspecting band, and they did it with us. Yeah, that's gonna be up on YouTube later this week instead of our normal content. So look out for that. <clears throat> Jesus, wow, burpee! What is that, dude? I just pounded. A bunch of plain rice with soy sauce and hot chili oil. And it wasn't hot for a second, but you know how it creeps yeah, in? It creeps. Well, I got all, <laughs> I'm all spiced up right Man, now. It's crazy about that shit. Once it hits a fire, you can smell it. I'm all spiced up. Ooh. Yeah, dude, well, I'm, I'm excited about this episode. It may be two episodes. It's one of those ones where you got to fucking wait and see how far you get. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot, just a lot to unpack with it. And I watched all the documentaries to get ready. And, of course... Uh, Research agent Andy Campbell helped me a lot with uh, researching Kurt's normal life. But uh, yeah, man, don't shoot yourself in the face. Don't despair. We got one of the most epic. What would you call him? A, mus- <laughs> a musician? I guess. A, po- a, a poet? A fucking, <laughs> uh, I guess an icon. An icon. A music icon. Yeah, we yeah. got a musical icon this week, which, of course, we're going to take a little dive into the possible murder possible suicide life and times of the one and only sad daddy kurt cobain on death metal Man, we never use headphones. We got there. That sounded smooth. Yeah, but boy, I got a good deep in there. That. <laughs> you got in there. You got in there. Found my pocket. Damn, dude. Well, fuck. I'm, I'm excited to get to it, so we might as well just dive in. April 8th, 1994, Kirk Cobain, of course, the lead singer and guitarist of uh, everybody in our age group's favorite band, Nirvana, was found dead in his home in Seattle, Washington at the age of 27. It was determined he had died three days earlier on April 5th. The Seattle police... <laughs> Seattle? Woo! Climb on up there to Seattle. Pull your six years out and punch a titty. Man. The Seattle PD incident report stated that Kurt was found with a shotgun across his body. He had a visible head wound. There was a note discovered nearby. Mmm. Hot stuff. What if it... <laughs> If a suicide note was just like, man, they stopped making blue raspberry gushers. They did do that. I mean, it was, I almost took myself out when I was about, uh, well, 1994, I would have been about a goddamn, uh, a cool three or four or five, something like that. Yeah, dude, uh, is one of those weird bands that all through growing up, I mean, I was 10 in 1994. And I, I guess they were most popular of like 1991 was their hate. I don't think they had like a downfall or anything, but that's when Nevermind came out. Yeah. Which is what really blew them up. But they were so popular, like when I was in high school and shit. Yeah. I, still, I mean, they still stayed 
pretty relevant yeah. until, you know, maybe six years ago. But I mean, dude, at any given time, 10, 15 people would have like a Kurt Cobain shirt, that smiley yeah. face Nirvana shirt on. And I graduated in 2003. So years after, I mean, obviously just a lasting fucking imprint. Uh, most of Cobain's life, he suffered from chronic bronchitis and intense pain due to an undiagnosed chronic stomach condition. Cobain was prone to alcoholism and usually could be found using recreational drugs. And to your favorite, dude, you and Kurt were a lot alike because he huffed. Yeah. He was a Huffman, dude. Yeah. He was an old Huffy 10 speech. (laughs) Boy. That Huffman is fun as hell. It's just because it's crazy that uh, somebody that was successful is huffing. Yeah. Because it rocks? (laughs) Yeah, dude. It's, I never, I mean, I, dude, I've done, uh, it's the, it's definitely like the worst for your brain on all the drugs. Bro. Well, you know, I told, I think I told it on the podcast before, but the only time I ever like huff something that you're not supposed to huff, like, I'm like, like I used to work at a dentist's office where the dude would hook me to nitrous oxide to let yeah. me take naps. He probably for sure jacked me off. But when I was a kid, the neighborhood bully made me huff gas. Did I talk about that on here before. Man, huffing gas is wild. I never did that. I mean, dude, I don't, I was probably like nine. Yeah. <clears throat> so I don't really remember it i remember like how horrible like it burned and i remember seeing like uh was it space invaders where it's kind of like those puzzle piece looking things you shoot with your spaceship yeah i remember kind of seeing those things and just being like blacked out and then just like my then feeling so fucking sick afterwards yeah like it just you know it was just gasoline in my lungs it felt fucking horrible i think like seventh grade is when i started doing that shit sixth or seventh grade and i fucking uh Hey, somebody called the cops because everybody's free on and their fucking AC units were missing because I kept going over there and fucking getting <laughs> it out. And then uh, and they called the cops and they, like they were doing, they were talking to people and shit. And I was the only teenager because everybody else had moved and I'm just like in this old ass neighborhood. Yeah. And they showed up and talked to my grandpa and was like, you know, is there any young boys? Well, my, my son lives here, but he, you know, he's a good boy. He, you know, do all that. And it was like, they we used to live off a hill that like, Went down to the lake and uh, they were trimming up shit. Found a fuckload of bags with like spray paint residue and fucking <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. I had over time. It's so Damn, fucking dude. funny, man. I overdosed on it one time when they they left to go do the singing senior shit. You overdosed home. on huffing? Yeah, and I was outside and fucking and got naked because I got hot as fuck and it was cold outside. But I was like laying out in the backyard, all fat and sweaty and shit, just like. Oh crap! Breathing heavy and I can feel my heart beat up in my. You lungs. think you're about to go? I was like, well, here we go. Yeah, I didn't give a shit though. I was just like, all right. What were you huffing then? Um, Glade scent spray shit. Glade. It had a shitload of Freon in it, like more than the other stuff. <laughs> Freon. I tried to do Lysol one time, man, and it does. Is that what's in fucking those sprays that get you fucked yeah, up? Yeah, that's a spray. Like it's got Freon in it. Lysol does. Like, did it could get you high, but it fucking hurts. I remember one time that I worked at this fucking video counter at Kroger. There was a dude I worked with that I would always fuck with. I had no idea that this was going to, so anything bad would happen to him though. Like I was going to spray him with air duster, but I held the thing upside down. Dude, oh, it burned a huge fucking hole in his arm. Oh yeah, it can freeze your lungs. And he was so fucked you up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he didn't die. He was hurt at the time, but then he was pissed off. Yeah. For like, he wouldn't talk to me for months. Well, good. It's yeah. like I had to go to the ER. And I just laughed. <laughs> it was hilarious, though. Come on, man. I was just funny. Yeah, Duster. I used to have that, too. 
Yeah, all that shit's terrible. If you would have huffed it the wrong way, dude, you would have burned your oh, I knew fucking throat apart. Yeah, you're a pro, dude. You're the king of huff culture. I was genetically born for that <laughs> you're shit. You're fucking Dustin Huffman, dude. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah. Successful. Yeah, so uh, Cobain was also a, uh, clinically depressed. That ran in his family. His cousin brought uh, attention to the family history of suicide, mental illness, and alcoholism. Noted... That two of her uncles had also committed suicide via gunshot. Just a month before that, Cobain was in Rome, Italy, you know, close to the Vatican, mm-hmm. probably uh, receiving some young souls. Mm. You think that he could have been in on the fucking take, dude? Nah, man, probably not. That Maybe that's why you saw, maybe you went to the Vatican and they're like, ah, oh, that rich man here to fuck the children with us. And then uh, <laughs> he saw a little peek of it and was like, I've got to tell everybody about this. Now nah, he did. He suicided him. I read his uh, autobiography when I was a kid. Well, don't get too crazy into what? it because we're doing it? his biography. Oh, we're doing the whole yeah, thing. Yeah, when he was a kid. The whole shabagaboo. Okay. Uh, this is just a, I mean, I think, yeah. Well, maybe not. Just trying to think of how long we should span it out. Yeah, I don't know. But I was going to tell you a real wild fuck story that involved that boy. Okay, well, hold on to it. Let okay. me finish this part, and then you can definitely tell me his wild fuck story. All right. I mean, I remember reading... I never loved Love Nirvana, but I did like Nirvana. But I did... I mean, definitely found this dude's fucking life to be... It was wild. Yeah. Was I mean, wild. he just had an interesting... Interesting how he went. Being on top of the world. That's always... Yeah. A, like... That's the first time I think I ever remember hearing about that, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah, so apparently that ran in the family. He was in Rome, Italy. Now, of course, my theory on this is going to be, uh, yeah, he, he took a look into the Vatican's cesspool. They figured, here, here's a rich guy on top of the world. He surely wants to fuck these children. So he got a little taste. He got a little bit too close. He was about to tell somebody. Same thing they did to Chris Cornell, you know? Yeah. They just took his ass out. Got from Lincoln Park. The guy from Lincoln Park, man, he got too close to the source. They took his ass out. Dude, what if they had been to Rome like a moment before? What if we just cracked it all? Damn. You're tuned in to K. Why not? Like, Lincoln Park wasn't even a band until like the late 90s or whatever. But that don't mean that the, now, that the same organization's been running the world since the fucking they 1400s. They just picked them out. They're like, in this year, yeah. 1999, you will write this new metal album. <laughs> And you have millions of dollars, but you have to fuck feed kids. Damn. All right. So, Rome 1994, he was actually hospitalized following an overdose of painkillers. His management agency, Gold Mountain Records, said the overdose was an accident. He was suffering from the flu and fatigue. However, Courtney Love, who's going to become the center of this fucking investigation, Kurt Cobain's at-the-time wife, she said that the overdose was a suicide attempt. She said, He took 50 pills, probably forgot how many he took, but there was a definite suicidal urge to be gobbling and gobbling and gobbling. He's not like a creepy old fuck from Family Guy. Yeah. Well, she's disgusting. Same shit. She's gross, man. I did see a crazy fucking video for the other That's what she sounded like to me. That's why. Because they were doing a. Uh, they were doing like. Or that Harvey Weinstein trial is going on, you know? Yeah. They're like trying to select jurors right now, which good. That guy gets, deserves to get the fucking. He deserves to get locked. I don't know who he is, but I'm 
Harvey Weinstein, <laughs> God bless you. He's like a uh, he's a director, a producer, maybe both. But he uh, at first it came out like people were kind of saying that it was an overreaction because he's a super rich guy. He makes a ton of movies. He shoots careers off. Yeah. Because you know the Weinstein Corporation, they make all those fucking movies. Yeah. Weinstein Corporation. Yeah, he's that guy. Okay. So he. Uh, Basically, to get into his movies, you had to fuck him. So people were like, I don't know if that's, like, necessarily rape. Because, I mean, in a way it is because he's disgusting. He's a horrible-looking human. So by basically the idea was, like, our, these girls don't want to fuck this guy. Yeah. But he's just using his uh, influence to have sex with him. And some people are like, yeah, you should be able to do that. Whatever. Is that, like, big dick energy? Nah, no, 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 no. <laughs> I, I heard somebody used... somebody said that when we were out in Memphis and you were like got in the car with something at the gas station. And yeah, the subway lady making her sandwich was like, "You got big dick energy." I was like, "What does that mean?" <laughs> <laughs> you know what that means, man. <laughs> <laughs> Too true. Uh, <laughs> the uh, no, nah, but then it came out, dude, that he like would like not only did he like unscrupulously have sex with women, but he physically, like, strong-arm raped women, too, it came out. Oh, man. Like, he was, like, legit raping women. So, like I said, I hope he fucking fries. However, there was a crazy fucking video of Courtney Love back in, like, 2005. And she was at some MTV award show or some shit, and people were like, any advice for young girls, Courtney? And she was like, yeah. If Harvey Weinstein invites you to a private party back at the Four Seasons Hotel, don't do it. Yeah. Well, but well. yeah, but that's the thing about Weinstein is people knew it. Just like Cosby. People knew about it for a long fucking time. Yeah, it didn't do nothing. Yeah. Didn't do shit about it because everyone's just afraid to say things because money, influence, it's all a fucking nightmare. Which, you know, Cobain probably got trapped up in some weird shit like that at some point. Anyway, Courtney Love was saying that he tried to kill himself. His management said otherwise. Uh, one thing is for sure, he definitely had a drug problem right before his death. He checked in and then out of a drug rehab facility. Tell me that weird fuck story about him real quick. Uh, when he was, uh, I think, a teenager, he was uh, going over to this, I think it was a, a dad's house or whatever. But he had a either a Down syndrome daughter or definitely retarded. Like His dad? Yeah, this guy. This guy is that he was, like, going over there to see. I guess he was, like, flirting with this girl who was retarded from school. So it wasn't Kurt's dad? No, it was okay. the girl's dad, but they went over right. there, and then... Him and his dad? The dad was there. His dad. And then he would just let him... No, not Kurt's. This girl's dad. Okay. And he would just go over there and hang out. They, well, your story got weird. You're like, he would go to his dad's house, and I was like, is he fucking... Yeah, dad? I didn't mean to do that. But anyway, <laughs> so, so fucking he would go over there, and then... Uh, he like wanted to lose his virginity. And so I guess he ended up fucking this handicapped girl. Damn. Yeah. Like says in, in his journal, it said it stuck real bad. <laughs> <laughs> I think that book's called, uh, Highway to Heaven or some shit like the yeah. name. That's the name of that. Autobiography. It's wild read. Yeah. I remember reading that. One of his autobiographies back in the day. And I watched like four documentaries. The most compelling one, to me, which you'll see when we get to the conspiracy, quote-unquote conspiracy theory part of it, is Soaked in Bleach was pretty profound to me, I thought. Yeah. And, and that's where you watched it again, and you told me to check into it. Yeah. 
So on March 31st, 1994, Cobain escaped the rehab center he checked into just the day before, Exodus Recovery Center. After this, he was not seen by close friends and family, allegedly. Starting on April 2nd, numerous sightings of him were reported in Seattle. The next day, April 3rd, was the last time he was seen alive. Within a week of his disappearance, Cobain was reported missing by his family, as well as Courtney, who hired a private investigator to find Cobain after the Seattle sightings. On April 8, 1994, a body was discovered in the greenhouse above the garage at Cobain's house by VECA electric employees. They had arrived that morning to install security lighting. His body would then be recovered and confirmed to be Cobain's because... That's how every dead body works. They bring in somebody to verify, but also apparently his wall was opened up, but he was so fucking splayed out. They couldn't tell exactly who he was, but on first sight, the guy who found him last name Smith thought he was asleep until he saw blood oozing from his ear. Also found a suicide note with a pin stuck through it inside of a flower pot. A Remington 20-gauge shotgun purchased for Cobain by his friend Dylan Carson was found on Cobain's chest. Cobain did not want the gun purchased in his name because he thought police might seize it for his own protection. The police had taken away his guns twice in the previous 10 months. Hmm. Damn, son. That's wild. Yeah, that's gotta suck, dude. You're just Kurt Cobain. Yeah. Trying to have a good time. Or maybe you're just tired of people fucking falling around, man. And then the cops are showing up like, eh, buddy, we're going to have to take him away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he fucking, he probably just get all fucked up on drugs and start yeah. shooting. Yeah, know? probably something like that. Dude, I wish that they would do that to Alex Jones because that would be like, well, this is it. Man, I bet he's I've been telling you for years. They came for me and I shot him in. That's he- what happened with uh, Bill Cooper, dude. We did do an episode on that. I feel like Alex they Jones, showed up to disarm him. Of all the people poppin'. and all the men in the world, they got big dick energy. It's Alex Jones. You think he's got a big? I bet he's got. You a, think he's a peaceman? I don't know, man, but he's got the energy like he does. <laughs> <laughs> Just like man, I think it's like a fucking Audi belly button. This boy's off the rail. He must have a big fucking piece. Yeah. <laughs> you know they pull up in his yard, man, and he just fucking has a. A jacked up Bronco and full of guns, and he just opens his garage door. Like, now get the fuck out of here, law. I think he would go out shooting for sure. He's crazy because, like I said, dude, that dude Bill Cooper. Yeah, we do need it. We did kind of an episode on that dude. We did, we did do that Bill Cooper. CIA, yeah, yeah, yeah. Did that CIA murder by CIA. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't a full Bill Cooper episode, but you can go back and find it because that show was particularly interesting because they they had him on like tax charges, kind of, but they yeah. didn't even know for sure. But they showed up like ready for war. Well, they baited his ass, yeah, to come out and whew, start a shooting. And he he fucking did, man. Yeah, hell yeah, he, was he ain't playing no games, dude. You heard like it, that. I love it when a fucking gun nut conspiracy theorist just goes for it like that. Yeah, I mean, dude, if you're gonna if if you're gonna believe it, then believe it. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Alex, I the first time I ever thought about any shit like that was when I watched Tremors for the first time. You know, they got those like gun nuts. <laughs> yeah, and Reba McIntyre's in it, and she's a gun nut. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, man, there's people like that. And then yeah. and then. That motherfucker really did that around that time period. He's out there uh, shooting away in a blast. <laughs> you got to, man. That's the only thing you can do. Uh, the King County, but that's not what Kurt did. He gave his guns up. The King County Medical Examiner noticed puncture wounds 
on the inside of both the right and left elbow. The shotgun was not checked for fingerprints until May 6th, which is, if you're keeping up with the timeline, almost a month later. According to the fingerprint analysis report, four latent prints were lifted, but they were not usable. The Seattle police report states that the shotgun was inverted on Cobain's chest with his left hand wrapped around the barrel. On April 4th, 1994, the Seattle Post-Intelligence reported that Cobain was high on heroin when he pulled the trigger. The paper also reported that the toxicological test determined that the level of morphine in Cobain's bloodstream was 1.52 milligrams per liter of blood. Think about that. That's a lot. Fuck yeah, it's a lot. And the other thing is just coming out of rehab, you know, if you're an opioid addict, you cannot do the same amount of shit you were. Oh, he was only in rehab for a day. Oh, he was only there for a yeah, day. Geez. Okay, okay. Well, still, like but that's this. so, dude. That's so much. Yeah, that's and, a lot. Uh, I mean, probably comes more back up. I mean, the thing, the thing about it is, is that uh, we'll kind of go through the theories that have happened, but just where we're at right now, you gotta think. I mean, I, just mostly based on that soaked in bleach documentary, they were talking about that was enough heroin to kill thirty adults. Yeah, kill thirty adults, thirty yeah. regular adults. Now I understand. That the dude's tolerance was higher, but the they were very adamant over and over. And now I'm sure the shit's been debunked at some point, and I don't know about it. So if you want to yell, go ahead and yell. Yeah. But I, it seems like the math wise, though, can't be debunked. Well, the hand placement too, the left hand being on the barrel. Yeah, the guy, I mean, he's left handed. Yeah, so you know, it's like I'm left handed. Right. So if I'm, I mean, I'm pulling the trigger with my. Sure, you wouldn't be re- and the length of the gun, and there's more of that. But I just like just the a sheer amount of drugs yeah. in his body. Uh, the, the, they kept saying over and over in that um, well, you know, soaked in bleach documentary that 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 is still the highest amount of heroin in the Seattle area. It would make more sense if you like pogo sticked it, you know? Yeah, or you fucking it. Ah. <laughs> well, not even that. Just like you hit it with put your foot. a broomstick through the through where the trigger oh, is, yeah. and then put your feet on it, and then fucking pow! Ah. God damn. <laughs> I thought about it. <laughs> <laughs> I, can, I can see, dude. I can see that. God damn. You ain't lying. Uh, yeah, so, but what they kept saying in uh, Soaked in Bleach is like, which really resonated with me, is that with that much heroin, no matter what your tolerance is at, I mean, for one, it would definitely kill anybody, and for two, there's no way you could do something like kill yourself on that you much couldn't shit. even move you couldn't you would just lay because what where people not even with a quarter of that yeah i know? think yeah i think usually people the problem with overdosing is like your lungs won't work because you're too high right yeah. well you yeah it slows down your heart and your lungs yeah being able to get oxygen and, and your shit's just like oh, especially opiates you know that's what it does yeah so I mean, that's happened to me before where I was in the hospital and I'm allergic, I'm allergic to opiates. Oh yeah. They and gave, they gave me, is that when they gave you that button? Well, they gave me the, yeah, they gave me a morphine <laughs> button and, and I fucking figured out that if I unplug this little thing in the machine, I could just yeah. keep going, you yeah. know? And I didn't, you know, I didn't know any better, but I was, I was hurting. So I fucking kept hitting it and then dude, it just dropped my heart rate down. No, dude, I'm telling you exactly what happened. Cause apparently your memory is all fucked up. Is that you figured out how to rig that thing or they fucked up. I think that they thought they fucked up even no, if you rigged it. I don't know. I don't but, remember. uh, yeah, I had a fucking fat ex girlfriend, and we came in the room, and you hated her. She started talking, yeah. 
and it was like yeah it's like the, most of the hospital you have that button you push when you're in pain but it only works like once every four hours or some shit yeah and you just start going <laughs> uh, slapping the fucking button dude and, and it I, all it just kept feeding it to you dude and, and you I get all fucked up and foam yeah you fell, fell asleep you were all foaming and shit oh fuck and they had to come in dude and give you like a they had that, that clear balloon thing they're trying to resuscitate me and yeah, shit yeah they had, to, they had to narcan you and shit yeah it was fucking wild and then you came back and you were in so much pain because you weren't high anymore and they had to yeah. get you high all over again they gave me like Dilaudid because I guess rocked. it's like, oh dude it's man. <laughs> man you see fucking a warm Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> like, damn, dude. I, it's like a fucking blanket, man. Then I saw his face. Now I'm warm. <laughs> a lot of shit's like whenever, you, whenever you're cold as fuck, but you throw your shit in the dryer real quick. Oh, yeah. It's like that, man. You get, it just goes, man, I'm cold. That's a beautiful feeling. Damn, I just realized we got to stop putting our arms on the fucking table because it's yeah. all crackling and popping so much, dude. Pretty good diggy. That's weird. What else am I, what am I supposed to do with my fucking hands, man? Need your table. I guess, dude. This boy's a creaker. She <laughs> just got the fucking headphone microphones and, and do like TED Talks around the house. Oh, yeah. Walking around like, well, look. Look here on this projector. You could see exactly what would happen if you would suck my dick. Oh, yeah. We should do head talks, bro. Head talks. <laughs> Hell, yeah. We give classes on how to give head and how to receive head. I think it'd be cool to examine other people's penises with a pointer. Your chair is fucking loud too. Maybe that's what. No, this one, dude. These, it's a creaky fucking place. Dude, I never noticed how creaky it was. I need to do that, dude. Creaked. I'm a creak. Yeah. All right, dudes. <laughs> yeah. So the paper reported that the, like I said, 1.52 milligrams per liter. The report contained a quote from Dr. Randall Baselt of the Chemical Toxicological Institute. Stating that Cobain's heroin level was at a high concentration by any account. He also stated that the strength of that dose would depend on many factors, including how habituated Cobain was to the drug. Which, again, as much as that is, it doesn't fucking matter. Yeah, that's a lot. I mean, Cobain, I'm I'm certain, does a ton of fucking heroin, but yeah, it's too much, baby. March 2014... The Seattle Police Department developed four rolls of film that had been left in an evidence vault. According to the Seattle Police, the 35mm photographs depict the scene of Cobain's corpse more clearly than previous Polaroids from the police. Detective Mike Szynski, a cold case investigator, was asked to look at the film because it's 20 years later and it's still a high media case. Szynski stated that the official cause of Cobain's death remains suicide, but the images will remain unreleased. Mm-hmm. Damn. According to a spokesperson for the Seattle Police, the department receives at least one request weekly to reopen the investigation and look at Courtney Love more closely. I would rather not look at Courtney Love more closely. No. It's disgusting. No. Have you ever heard the isolated audio of Hole from like last year? Mm-mm. Oh my god. I'm good. Because they just like, instead of, like the whole band sounds alright, except for her voice, but they got it to where it was also just her guitar and voice, dude. Oh, baby. Yeah. It's like, yeah. Um, yeah, she sings me out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I can actually do it now that we're not on YouTube. I remember fucking uh, whenever, you know, eighth grade or whatever, when people were fucking like still into that shit and all about grunge and and trying to, you know, on that fine line of new metal. But I had this fucking G.J. Allen shirt 
that had a, a picture of Kurt Cobain shooting himself in the head and it said Kurt Cobain on it. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> I got you it. fucking rebel. Yeah. All right, dude, check this shit out. This is one fun thing about not doing YouTube is we can do shit like this. Dude, this is Courtney Love. I guess it's 2014 doing fucking uh, whole celebrity skin. The, what's incredible about this is the fucking guitar to me. <laughs> There's no way they recorded it like that. Yeah, it's from the board, and they isolated it. They isolated her. You want me to make it through this? No. You want me to Kurt Cobain? It's just crazy. <laughs> That's why it went, dude. Yeah. That makes me feel like I could do, you know. You could be a Enough to star, kill dude. 30 people <laughs> in my, put it in my veins, man. Phew, shit, that, those ting tongs are kicking my ass, man. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking terrible dog Get shit. Get that music. crap out of here. Yeah, so, I mean, he also, I, I mean, basically wrote that first whole album that kind of made him, you know? Yeah. And I think that's one of the theories, too, is that basically she got too big for her britches and he, he was going to take credit for it, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. And it came out at such a fucking weird time. Not a weird time at all, but she definitely exploited the dude's suicide to cash in on that fucking album. Yeah. Yeah. Very strange. Now, the official ruling of suicide has been disputed time and time again, even by fucking police officers, but especially by Tom Grant who's the private investigator hired by Courtney Love. He believes that Kurt was murdered. His theory has been analyzed and questioned by several books and film. And like I was saying, the one I just watched last week on your recommendation was soaked in bleach. And it, it's pretty fucking compelling. It's, yeah, it's crazy. And again, what sticks out the most is the fucking amount of drugs in the system. Advocates of, for the verdict of suicide have cited Cobain's persistent drug addiction, clinical depression, handwritten suicide note as proof. Members of Cobain's family had noticed patterns of depression and instability in Cobain before he was even famous. He mentioned that the stomach pains from his undiagnosed stomach condition were so severe during Nirvana's 1991 European tour that he had become suicidal and stated that taking heroin was his choice. He said, the heroin is the only thing that's saving me from shooting myself right now. Mm. I think you look at a lot of successful people, especially in the realm of shit, you know, comedians, uh, where it's like suicide's a higher rate drug addiction. The creative people in general, you know, it's the, you know, the, the people who suffer the most, they usually come out and, you know, they're funny. And then you got people that are musicians and they kind of try to use that as their way to cope with whatever's going on. And a lot of times... Uh, mental health, really, people with shitty backgrounds or fucked up mental health disorders, they write the best music. Yeah. And very art, artistic Especially people. Especially when you don't taste that heroin, dude. Well, and another thing, too, is, Keeps you know, rocking. When, you're, <laughs> when you're, like, a punk rock and all this shit, you know, I, don't, I didn't really care for Nirvana that much, you know, until when I got older, but that, that the album Bleach is great, but what happens is, is, like, you know, you're taught that mythos of fucking, don't, or the ethos of being a punk rock, you're not supposed to get famous. You're supposed to do whatever. And I think that yeah. is what people credited, you know, him wanting to kill himself. Cause he felt like a sellout and most other shit, but yeah, man, I mean, I doubt that. Can't really bitch about being a millionaire. Yeah. 
And I mean, one thing that I just thought of when he was talking about stomach pains, basically making him want to kill himself. There is a lot to be said for like the biome in your gut yeah. and affecting your mental health. Yeah. A lot of people don't fucking know about that, and I'm sure mine's all fucked up. But uh, it has been shown historically. I heard I heard like a real interesting fucking TED talk one time where it's talking about how if your gut biome is completely fucked up. Like you've been like a lot of people that have been on strong antibiotics for a condition for a long amount of time, mm-hmm. they'll have like no bacteria in their stomach at all, yeah. and that uh, that makes your body in like a state of wanting for particular nutrients that you can never get because you don't have the bacteria breaking yeah. down, and that can make you go fucking bananas. Oh yeah, certified neonatals. Yep. So, you know, the stomach condition could definitely have contributed to suicidal depression. Uh, and Charles Cross biography, heavier than heaven. Nirvana band member and bass player Chris Novoselic. Is that how you say it? Yeah. Novoselic. Novoselic? Yeah. There's an L in it. It's silent. (laughs) (laughs) He is quoted uh, on seeing Cobain in the days before the intervention that sent him to rehab. He said he was really quiet. He was estranged from all of his relationships and he wasn't connecting with anybody. Novasex offer to buy a nice dinner for Kurt resulted in unintentionally driving him to score some more heroin. Chris said his dealer was right there. He wanted to get fucked up into oblivion. He wanted to die. That's what he wanted to do. Novasek reiterated his belief in Cobain's suicide on an AMA thread on Reddit in this year in 2019. He said, I'm convinced Kurt killed himself because he purchased a 20-gauge shotgun. Kurt was not interested in hunting birds or squirrels. He bought that firearm as a suicide device. Suicide is not rational. Now, I'll say to that, he had already been buying guns since way before. They had been confiscated. You can't really say he wasn't interested in guns. Yeah. I mean, he may not have been interested in shooting squirrels, but he fucking obviously had an interest in guns. Now, if they were just for committing suicide, who knows? But they had been taken away from him. And uh, probably reported by Courtney that, hey, he's got guns, he's acting fucking crazy. But at the same time, there's a fuck, there's definitely an interest in guns there. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So let's talk about Richard Lee. He was the first to object publicly to the report of suicide. He was a Seattle public access host. That's what we would do if there was no podcast. Wayne's World style, you know what I'm saying? yeah. Now, a week following Kurt's death, Lee aired the first episode of a series called Kurt Cobain Was Murdered. <laughs> what a fucking subtle dude. I love nuance. Yeah. Just a nice fucking wade in the water. Time to get shot. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and that included several changes in the nature of the shotgun blast that he found in discrepancies of police reports. Lee had acquired a video that was taped on April 8th from the tree outside Cobain's garage, showing the scene around Cobain's body, which he claimed showed a marked absence of blood for what was reported to be a point-blank shotgun blast to the head. Several pathology experts have stated that a shotgun blast inside the mouth often results in less blood, unlike a blast to the head. That's interesting. Does your mouth absorbs? <laughs> I guess I don't know. You know, it's, it's I guess as a spread out. I guess there's more pressure built up in the head once it punctures. Yeah, 
you know, all that shit, all that matters hanging out. I guess inside the mouth, there's not as much because you're opening it. You know, it's kind of when you pop your ears. You know, like, so it does that pressure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. interesting. What if you if you science that out, dude? I'm gonna be so blown away. <laughs> All right, now let's get to Tom Grant's theory, which to me is the most credible. Uh, he's the main proponent of foul play surrounding Kurt's death. That he's a private investigator. He was still under Courtney Love's employment when the body was found. He came to believe that his death was a homicide. There are several components to his theory, which, of course, as we talked about, the bloodstream heroin levels. Grant argues that Kurt could not have injected himself with such a dose and still have been able to pull the trigger. He does not believe that Cobain died from the heroin dose, though, and suggests that the heroin was used to incapacitate Cobain before the final shotgun blast was administered by the perpetrator. Grant uses the dosage reported in the Seattle Post Intelligence or not the actual autopsy report and may not have the correct figure. The cops cannot release information to the media because reports and records of autopsies are confidential and protected under state and federal law. Now, while Grant was working for Love, he was given access to Cobain's suicide note and used her fax machine to make a copy, which has since been widely distributed. After studying the note, Grant believes that it was actually written by Cobain announcing his intent to leave Courtney Love, Seattle, and the music business. Grant asserts that the lines at the very bottom of the suicide note, serpent from the rest, are the only parts implying suicide. While the official report on his death conducted that Cobain wrote the note, Grant claims that the official report does not distinguish these final lines from the rest of the note and assumes it was not entirely written by Cobain. Despite consulting with many handwriting experts, some disagree with Grant's claims. Document examiner Janice Parker concluded that the note was written by Cobain after spending two weeks analyzing the original copy. When Dateline NBC sent a copy to the, of the note to four different handwriting experts, one concluded that the entire note was written by Kurt's hand. The other three said the sample was inconclusive. One ep- expert contacted by Unsolved Mysteries expressed a difficulty in drawing a conclusion given that the note he studied was a photocopy and not the original. But in the very same episode, two other experts found the writing, especially the last four lines, very suspicious. Now, I will say, as a motherfucker that started doing this podcast because I was diving deep into true crime, watching all the documentaries and shows. Handwriting analysis is a pretty inconclusive fucking subject most yeah. of the time. A lot of times it's inadmissible in court unless it's a very obvious fucking discrepancy. If someone's trying to forge your handwriting, if they're pretty close to it, it it's not going to hold a lot of water. They can, yeah. I think the only thing that they can tell is a lot of times you can tell if somebody's right or left-handed by the way they press down. Yeah. And a lot of, because I'm left-handed, so if I use a pencil or anything like that, the you know ink or whatever will get on my fucking inside of my palm and it smears yeah. it you know that's a that's one way they can tell but they can also tell by the different like starting points of where the ink or the yeah. lead go so but it is kind of it is pretty it's kind of kooky yeah I mean that's thing. a dicey one um, and again I don't know like Grant seems pretty fucking up and up on a lot of things what's most compelling about Grant's deal to me is that he was employed by Courtney Love he was getting yeah. paid by her. He was supposedly being paid to find Kurt Cobain. Now, you can watch Soaked in Bleach. There's no reason to go through all, in and out like all the circumstances of it. Again, to me, what sticks out the most is the amount of heroin in the guy's body. Yeah. 
you just think about a high profile case and somebody with a lot of money hiring you, you're not usually going to shit on them. No, you know, no. A, and he, and he seems pretty fucking earnest and he's got a lot of voice recordings in the documentary of dealing with Courtney Love. She was very difficult. I mean, she was fucked up on drugs too, but she doesn't exactly come off clean, you know? Yeah. Okay. So the police report, which Grant uses, it cites circumstantial evidence from the official reports. For example, the report claimed that the doors of the greenhouse could not have been looked locked from the outside, meaning that Cobain would have had to have locked them himself. Grant claims that when he saw the doors for himself, he found that they could be locked and pulled shut from the outside. He questions a lack of fingerprint evidence connecting Cobain to key evidence, including the shotgun. Grant notes in the official report claims that Kurt's fingerprints were also absent from the suicide note, as well as the pin that had been shoved through it, and yet Cobain had no gloves on. None of the circumstantial evidence points directly to murder, but Grant believes that it supports the case. Suspicious, for sure. Yeah. But you know how cops are. They fuck shit up. They're bumbling. They're fucking ding-dongs. Yeah. It's a high-profile case. They may have walked in and been like, whoa, it's Kurt, he's fucking dead, and uh, just fucking botched it all. You know what I mean? Fucked him. In the wound. I mean, if you see your shot, sometimes you just gotta take it. How many times are you gonna get to fuck Kirk Cobain? You know what I mean? Not very many. <laughs> I, mean, I guess you could. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it got one fucking whole bunch. I mean, he, he pretty much he fucked two retards. Oh, boy. Uh, in studying the Rome incident, journalists Ian Halpern and Max Wallace contacted. Dr. Osvaldo Galeta, who treated Cobain after his overdose incident. Galeta contested the claim that the Rome overdose was a suicide attempt, telling Halpern and Wallace, we can usually tell a suicide attempt, but this one didn't look like one to me. Man, you know this fucking... Italian. Italian. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty uh, spot on. I feel like I was fucking beating Super Mario Brothers. <laughs> but, you know, uh, those motherfuckers ain't fucking around. You know, they always, they got to deal with all kinds of crazy ass, like, oh, yeah. Fake suicides and shit. And, yeah, dude. In Italy, there's like fucking gangs. Mob. The mafia. Shit. Dude, speaking of the mafia, another hilarious Sopranos thing I thought about today and watched on YouTube was, uh, there's a character called Johnny Sachs, and he had a fat fucking wife. Yeah. And everyone made fun of her for, for it all the time. But one time, one of the guys made fun of her in front of a bunch of people, and he heard about it. He So he wanted to have the guy killed. He wouldn't accept anything else. So, like, after he orders the hit, he leaves his house, forgets his coat, goes back to get his coat, goes downstairs to tell his wife he just came back from his coat, and catches her with a whole big old fucking box of goodies. Like, tweaks and fucking snickerdoodles and shit yeah fucking plowing her face full and when he was pissed off about the guy talking bad about his wife he went to tony to try to ask him if he could. it was one of tony's guys that he wanted to kill yeah he went to ask tony if he could do it. he's like tony you don't understand it's a genetic thing it's not that she's just a piece of shit eating food all the fucking time she's tried it all diets she's on the weight watchers for 20 years i've seen it all tony and then he goes home and catches her face first in a big old fucking pile of twix He's just like, God damn it, do you know what you've done? <laughs> so he has to call the hit off because his fat fucking wife is oh, shouting man, him up. Crap. <laughs> but oh, it's yeah. such a funny fucking scene, dude. Like, I was watching it on YouTube on fucking mute, and he's, she's got, got the box and is like all fucking just chowing through it. 
and he try, try, tries to cover it up with dirty clothes, and he pulls the thing back, and you just see a bunch of twigs on top. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like you're trying to change up cat litter because she's chugging him out of the box. <laughs> Crap. I love shit like that. Yeah, it's such a great fucking arc in there. Soprano story. Yeah, so Galetta also specifically denied Love's claim that 50 Rohypnol pills were pumped from his stomach. However, he also stated that Grant believes Courtney may have mixed a large number of pills into Kurt's champagne so that when he took a drink, he was unknowingly ingesting large amounts of the drug Rohypnol, enough to kill him. But if that's the case, why did she call the police when she found him unconscious on the floor? If she wanted Kurt dead, why didn't she just leave him on the floor until he died? Grant believes that the claim of the Rome incident being a suicide attempt was not made until after Cobain's death. He claims that people close to Kurt specifically denied the characterization prior to Cobain's death. He believes that if Rome had truly been a suicide attempt, Cobain's friends and family would have been told so they could have watched over him. Which makes sense, right? I mean, normally... It's a foreign country, but if they didn't hold him for psych, they would have for sure reached out to somebody. Well, the other thing, too, is very rarely do men leave suicide notes when they kill yeah. themselves. You look at it, statistically, you know, men do kill themselves way more than women. Women normally will write out a suicide note. They're way yeah. more emotional, whereas, like, we hold it in, and then we're just like, fuck it. Finally, kapow, no one wants yeah. me, I'm going. I've been trying to tell you something was wrong. Nobody listens. It doesn't matter writing it the fuck down. <laughs> Others have asserted that the claims by his friends and Gold Mountain Records were made to mask what was really happening with Kurt. Lee Rinaldo, guitarist for Sonic Youth, told Rolling Stone, Rome was the latest installment around of those around Cobain keeping a semblance of normalcy for the outside world. Grant spoke to Cobain's attorney, Rosemary Carroll, at her office April 13, 1994. He said she pressed him to investigate Cobain's death and that Cobain was not suicidal. Carol also also claims that Cobain had asked her to draw up a will excluding love because he was planning to file for divorce. Grant said this was the motive for Cobain's murder. Carol also provided Grant with a handwriting practice note that she found in Love's backpack that was left at her home. It has been widely suggested that the handwriting on this practice note is markedly similar to the handwriting found on the last four lines of Cobain's note. Filmmaker Nick Broomfeld also investigated this. Uh, he bought. He brought a film crew to visit a number of people associated with both Cobain and Love including Love's estranged father, Cobain's aunt, and one of the couple's former nannies. Broomfield also spoke to the mentor's band leader, Eldon El Duce, Hoke, who claimed that Love offered him 50k to kill Kurt Cobain. Mm-hmm. Rape rock. <laughs> <laughs> El Duce. Although Hoke claimed that he knew who killed Kurt, he didn't mention a name, and offered no evidence to support his assertion. However, he mentioned speaking to someone called Alan before quickly interjecting, I mean my friend, then laughing. I'll let the FBI catch him. 
Broomfield incidentally captured Howe's final interview as he died days later when he was struck by a train in the middle of the night. Come the fuck on, dude. Crazy, man. Get out of here. Was it? It was Bill Clinton. That's his M.O. That's what he does. He fucking puts kids on trains and runs them over. He got a hold of El Duce. He's like, oh, man, I love Ray Brock. (laughs) (laughs) There's one type of rock and roll I like to get down with. It's rape. I love to rape women, and I love to listen to your songs while I'm raping them. Listen, I got a nice spot. We can go out and bang some heroin if you'd like to come and check it out. (laughs) (laughs) Also, another wild documentary is that Mentors documentary. They got a documentary. Dude, it is uh, <laughs> <laughs> fucking gross, man. Yeah, yeah they're ter- oh, they're terrible people, dude. Just to think of how far we've come in the world. Could you imagine trying to put a band out right now and label yourself as rape rock? Yeah, it ain't happening. <laughs> there was like an interview, I think, on Jerry Springer or something, where they got hit. They got those dudes on there, and then they yeah. got Odorous from Guar. Yeah, and he, a guy from Guar, rips on those guys so hard. And he's <laughs> like, he's like, you guys are. Posers, and then yeah. they're like, "What?" And he was like, "Rape rock." He's like, "I'm an alien that smokes crack." What do you think we do? <laughs> <laughs> that rocks. Broomfield titled his documentary "Kurt and Courtney." It was released in February of 1998. In the end, Broomfield felt he hadn't uncovered enough evidence to conclude the existence of a conspiracy. In a 1998 interview, he summed up his thoughts: "I think that he committed suicide." I don't think that there's a smoking gun, and I think that there's only one way you can explain a lot of things around his death. Not that he was murdered, but that there was just a lack of caring for him. I think Courtney had moved on, and that he was expendable. Now, I'm 50-50 on it, baby. Yeah. Because it seems to me like there's definitely... What it looks like to me is that he wanted to leave Courtney. Yeah. I mean, that had to have been an insane fucking relationship. But they had a kid. It is near impossible. Even I mean, like just the amount of stress. You want to see your kid. You want to leave the woman you're with. It's going to be a mess. Yeah. It's going to be a fucking nightmare. But he had enough money to do essentially whatever he wanted to do. She had been leeching off him, but he kind of got her set up with Hole. Hole was going to take off. She was going to have like she was going to have her own career. She would have been fine. He said her or she could set him up with Hole too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, a real gross one. Yeah, but uh, I, I think it was like fuck, like supposedly fucking his nanny too. That's what somebody was saying. I think she was saying that he's fucking his nanny. In that soaked in bleach thing, there's like that the guy that bought him the guns girlfriend. I think he was banging around with. I don't fucking. Yeah, you know. I'm sure he was getting all types of ting tang on the side. It's fucking yeah. Kurt Cobain. He's a handsome guy. People revere him. Yeah. He had tons of money. He could do whatever the fuck he wanted to do. But what I the way I look at it is like. I mean, there's a, there's enough. You, like Kurt, Courtney Love is fucking crazy. Yeah, uh, and, and even if she wasn't crazy, they were so spun out on drugs. Like you could have had a conversation with somebody. Like, look, I'll give you a hundred thousand bucks yeah. if you kill Kurt, and then not even remember it. It happens, you know. And you're not going to get out of paying them. And yeah. if she had the money to do it, she had the reach. And it, you know, if she was riding in and catching it on the train, she wouldn't want him to leave. Yeah, you know what I mean. I think the other thing too that kind of seems like she was also just obsessed with the whole like Sid and Nancy thing. Yeah. You know, it was, it's very Sid and Nancy-esque, you know, it's like maybe she wanted to look like she killed him and then she 
was going to kill herself. You know, it could have been those kind of that she wanted that punk rock romance shit, and it was just fucking couldn't do it because she's she's probably you know if she did kill him, then she had a lot of money to be made. She was egotistical, maybe. You know, it's, it's those things go hand in hand. I mean, if you're going to set up to the great degree of having somebody killed, make it look like a suicide. And do things like they go to Rome and there's Rohypnol and there's 50 of them and yeah. he's fine. But then you wait until later. I mean, it sets it up to look like that. Like, oh, he's he's depressed. He, you know, it's, yeah, like, it's smart. Intense fucking planning. But yeah. yeah, it is smart. And I think she's smart enough. And uh, yeah, I mean, she might have been obsessed with the Sid Nancy angle. And it also helped her career immensely that he died. Yeah. I mean, she fucking took off because of that. I mean, she's still, I mean, she's in fucking Sons of Anarchy as a fucking school teacher Ugh. for a kindergartner. You know, like, what the fuck? <laughs> I never watched that shit just because ever since it came out, people were like, man, you look like that guy. Yeah, like, it happens yeah, to me sick. all the time, yeah, man, but it does rule. It's pretty tight. I might have to check it out. It's just that resentment yeah, factor. You, yeah. about well, it's because of what you're fucking... Happened with Game of Thrones, too. Dude, just the other day, the fucking old black dude that works at the, uh, I think he's like the main manager at the Walmart neighborhood market I frequent. Yeah. And, uh... Because he's, he's never, like, on a register. He's always just kind of, like, watching over everybody yeah. and shit. And he's really, he's, like, a one of those dudes that's, like, lovable by everyone. Because he's always, like, got something fucking nice to say. And has, like, a good rhythm about him. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying, dude. I'm trying, dude. I'm trying, man. I'm trying, I love to see you being positive, <laughs> man. job, dude. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. So we're going to fucking check out. And uh, I don't love it. I definitely just talking to people in public when people just start talking to you, like throws me off guard, but I wasn't in like a bad mood or anything. The dude's like, he's like, man, you ever seen Game of Thrones? And I'm like, yeah, yeah. He's like, Hey everybody, we got the mountain right over here. I'm like, dude, just fuck up and take my fucking money, man. Yeah, crap. Yeah. <laughs> shut the fuck yeah, up. Yeah, I hate shit like that. Yeah, you yelling it out and shit. Like, it's a mountain. Like, yeah, yeah I get stuff man. like that. Dude, there's, there's like this doctor lady that, I was telling you about, you know, we had to do like this homeless camp thing at work with this lady's a doctor, I guess a psychologist or something. Yeah. And I'm wearing this Conan shirt, you know, the, the movie cover or whatever. She's like, you look like that guy on there. I was like, no, I do not. <laughs> yeah, no, no. <laughs> She's like, yeah, you do. You, you big. I'm like, I'm big. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> I was like, I ain't got no abs. Ain't no ab. Yeah. <laughs> ain't no ab. <laughs> what well, day they go to me? You going to do a body shot. I'm not going to shave. I've been shaving. I've been letting it grow yeah, out. It looks way better though, by the way. Yeah, but uh, you're not going to have. Dude. Well, when I do have, you're gonna have to suck that shit out of my body. Here, you know how like, uh, you know how like women that have had C sections can't get abs. Did you know that? No, I didn't know that. Because they like cut into the muscle. Yeah. So can't ever happen. Uh. Like there's that one older lady at the gym that works out hard as fuck all the time. Yeah. She was talking about it to my wife and just like, yeah. And I've I've saw that on something before. Yeah, you can't get abs, I and mean, you could get like plenty of muscle around it but it will never form yeah it's all fucking mangled up because whatever doctor was like yeah oh, man. Rip that shit yeah. open um anyway yeah you're like that <laughs> i don't know yeah, yeah you can't get no fucking abs dude get out uh, here, get why would you even want to try dude because i want you to suck my ass <laughs> <laughs> that's all i want i'm man. telling you dude. as soon as that day happens i'll go back to being a piece of shit but you, you, have, you have to have a legitimate fucking to get abs I'm you legitimately have, you have to have abs though. Yeah. There could be no like if anyone looked at it they'd be like that's some fucking abs. There's yeah, no yeah. question to it. 
because you know how some motherfuckers will suck and you'll see like a couple of in like look at that my abs is coming in like yeah. the abs coming in is not abs no 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 yeah you just born with them yeah. right, you gotta get you gotta be all fucking I've only had did I well I was all fucking leaned out just one time and only had like four abs ever and then you know went back to eating a week later and it just it lasted a week but I think I can get down there and let you get down there and taste whatever liquor you would like <laughs> <laughs> hey man dude i would be i would be so proud of you doing that i'll tell i mean it'll suck but i'll do it man i mean I'm you honest. deserve it honestly i can't think of anything much fucking worse but there's a lot of, well we did it the other day oh yeah yeah, yeah. speaking of that those shots that we took with singa bog yeah god damn it it was horrible. It was I bad. think the video is going to turn out very hilarious. I'm excited for you guys to see it. So just as always, subscribe to our YouTube, man, if you haven't already. I mean, I know you haven't because we're so far fucking ahead in the audio version. Yeah. Here's the thing that I think we had two problems. One, call it Death Metal Dicks on YouTube. YouTube's cracked down heavily in the last couple of years. Who the fuck knew that? Yeah. We know now because they put their policies and shit more public. Um, we changed it to the detectives. That's been helping our numbers a bunch. But even beyond that... You know, if you were listening to the podcast and you try to check out our YouTube before, it sucked. Yeah. And we've done that, you know. It's, well, it was on a different channel before. Well, no, even when we switched to our own, dude, yeah, it yeah, fucking yeah. sucked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. everything's a growing process, you know. And I, there's no reason to just watch me and Buddy talking to each other. No. Uh, that's fully understood. Uh, the production's gotten way better. And it's not just the podcast we put on there. I mean, we do all types of record reviews. The people that get into it love our fucking record reviews. Yeah. We hear about that shit all the time. We got our top 20 albums of the year list is, I mean, it's done great considering. And, uh, you know, the thing is, it's like we're fucking we're busting our asses. Yeah. Porn reviews. I mean, like you wouldn't ever think the amount of time and shit I got to go into looking for some real fun. <laughs> Did I? One but day. that's what you do anyway. Well, not like that. I mean, like usually somebody would go, here, check this out. And I'm like, yeah. all right. But then like, <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to find things. That's people. so funny that you've, that like you've circulated into that guy. Yeah. Like I got something gross. I know who needs to see it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I think shit like that is fucking hilarious. <laughs> I know you man. do, man. I know but, you uh, do. You know, it was, well, just even, you know, the stuff Brian, I mean, hands down, Brian definitely puts like, you know, he puts hours and hours and days yes. and days and all that shit. Yeah. And yeah so, I mean, that's what I'm trying to get at is like, uh, this shit's hard. I mean, you don't know what's going to work. You don't know until it works. And it's hard to make it work because uh, you got like there was the wild days of the Internet before companies were really cashing in off of certain things that people do. And you could organically just get a bunch of views and shit. But now it all depends on the algorithm. Like if someone watches a video, what pops up in there? Here's what's next, you know, yeah. and uh, having our name be dicks. Definitely. It would not ever do that. Yeah. So. That's something we're trying to correct, and it's not that we want the fucking fame and hype. It's just like if you like the podcast, you don't need to give us anything, but helping our other social media, YouTube, um, giving us like a five star review wherever you listen but to just the podcast, it, man. Just like and sharing it, know. all yeah. that shit helps because we're word of mouth. We don't have a corporation behind us. We don't have a team behind us. It's just me, buddy, Brian, Andy, and Seth. Fucking, I mean, Andy does the research. Seth has the trailer we recorded, and Brian puts in. Tons of work to make our videos look good and shit. So it's we're a team. We bust our ass, but it's just it's art. It's small art. It's small business. So you know we're not we're not even at, we're not asking you for much. But if you can just check out YouTube, subscribe and like it, and our other social media channels, all that shit, be greatly appreciated. Yeah. 
greatly appreciate that you just listen. I mean, well, oh, shit, man. Even if the, when this single Sigabog thing comes out, I think everybody is gonna be think it's fun. I mean, it's fun. It was a fucking good time. Like, hands mm-hmm. down, those dudes are fucking truly hilarious. Mm-hmm. But I think everybody would be pleased with it. It's a fucking good time. Just even if people don't like death metal, I feel like. Watching that interview, it's gonna be fucking funny. It's fun. You know? so, <laughs> it's gross. Fucking the wildest motherfuckers. It's gross man. shots. So with wild boys. All yeah. right. Well, we do love you guys, and uh, thanks for making it this far. Just we, we wrapped up in one episode. That's like the most on task we've ever stayed in yeah. an episode. So yeah. We pounded through that one again. Salute to Andy for helping with the research on that. And uh, we'll see you guys on the next one. Oh, hold on, hold on. We gotta we gotta do the song. Oh yeah, we should have done it right at the time. But yeah, 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 of course, yeah. buddy. Being buddy picked the mentors. <laughs> Shotgun suicide. <laughs> oh, I know a thing or two about both of those things. Yeah, it's a wild fucking song. <laughs> <laughs> Every time Monica would come by to mouth my piece, I would put on the mentors because I love to get my dick sucked to some rape rock. Yeah, dude. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's definitely, I mean, could you imagine? Oh, in the Oval Office, dude? <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> All right. Fucking A, man. I hope you guys have a great week. We'll see you next week. Everything will be back to, to YouTube on normal next week. And be on the lookout for that interview because we're excited for you guys to see it. Love y'all. Bye-bye. Everybody's